We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Yankees are still no longer on a win streak, but that's okay. It's been a great, it's been a great week, great month of baseball. We've got, we've had a, a couple of guest episodes this week that I encourage you to check out if you've not already done so. Monday we had Brian Kenny on the pod. So much fun to talk to him. I've been watching Brian Kenny since he's doing baseball tonight on ESPN. Seems like when I was, you know, 12 years old or whatever. I'm sure it wasn't that long ago. But really fun conversation with him. And then Wednesday, I spoke to Pete Caldera of NorthJersey.com for the Bergen Record. He's up in Toronto. He covers the team. Just just talk to him about all the various things going on. Scott, you are in Sin City. How's it going out in the desert? I am. I'm in Las Vegas. I've been here for a few days now. Um, it's good. It's good. The time the time difference is killing me. I got to be honest. It's killing me. My sleep schedule is so jacked up. I first get, I, when it, The first day I woke up at 4 a.m., you know, and you don't go to bed any earlier. So my uh, my my internal clock is uh, is not messed up. So I'm going to double down on that and take a red eye home tonight. <laughs> oh, just, great. And just, you know, let's let's just figure out what happens after that. Uh, who knows? I'll be coaching T-ball on Saturday with my Yankees hat on, probably thinking I'm at a game and not a T-ball game. Um, 
Do but you yeah. sleep on red ice? <laughs> like, do you get any? Sleep? I knock myself out. Yeah. Okay. What's your yeah. drug of choice? <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Lots of lots of alcohol. <laughs> well, unfortunately for us, we it took I think four weeks for us to get the win bet segment wrong where we picked the the Nestor Cortez versus Kikuchi game, and it did not work out that way for the Yankees last night. Kikuchi shut the Yankees' bats down. I did not see that coming, especially no. after the Yankees' offense had been so good. And even though Manoa also shut them down, like, okay, tip your cap to Manoa. He's a filthy pitcher. The offense exploded late against the Toronto bullpen, which was, to me, one of the, put it on the list of why I think this team is different, Tuesday's game, the Yankees have to scratch and claw to win that game two to one in recent years. They don't get to coast to the finish like they did on Tuesday. So I, I was just feeling good for the sweep. But man, Toronto was super fired up to get that win last night. And I tweeted out after the game, you know, sucks to lose this game. We're going to get into all the different reasons why and the Boone stuff, but good series win. And I think it's going to be a hell of a race between these two teams all year. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, we did get it wrong. I fully did not expect them to win the first two games. Uh, definitely thought that the Blue Jays would would come out firing uh, a bit more. But you know, big credit to our pitching staff for coming in and just shutting down that, uh, shutting down that lineup. And and yeah, Manoa is nasty. Like, the, and there's something there between the two teams uh, and him specifically. The um, and then Nestor Cortez, well, he didn't have it. You know, I, he wasn't he wasn't over the plate as much as he needed to be. I think he had what three walks in the in the four innings, but he kept them yeah. in the game. And then yep. And then your boy came in and kept kept the Yankees even further in the game, and unfortunately nine up, just nine down. The offense, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Eleven in a row, eleven in a row, another series win, and you got to look at that. You know, we we always we, we talk about this when you're when you're looking at a team and looking for success, and just start racking up those series wins. And when you get it against a division opponent like Toronto, um, it's it's really important. But yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. It's definitely going to be a dogfight. I actually remember saying this after the win streak last summer where I said, okay, this is a little bit of a market correction maybe for this team, and now now they're back in the race. Now you just got to play good, solid baseball from here on out. And you, and at that time, they were in the driver's seat for the wild card spot after that win streak la- last August. And they didn't do that. They didn't play solid baseball towards the end of the season, and they fell to the second wild card spot. Now, I understand it's only early May, so there's a long-ass time to go. But what that 11-game win streak does is it provides you a little bit of a cushion throughout the season. Even if you have a mini slump, it's okay. You're not it's not going to kill you. Just focus like you said on playing good solid baseball winning series and they're in the driver's seat because of that 11 game win streak. I know I said this with Pete on on the pod yesterday. Yeah, the cliche is you can't win the division in April. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a lot easier now that they won 11 games in a row. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and and of course, eleven game winning streak at any point during the season is significant. Uh, is a significant place to be, and it gives you a leg up. Depending on, I will say that Toronto also played very good baseball during that winning streak as well. So it's not like they fell far behind. So I, I mean, I don't think it's as much of a cushion as you're saying, especially with the amount of games to go. But certainly, what it does is it gives the team a hell of a lot of confidence early in the season. You know, the pitching staff has been phenomenal still, even. Um, you know, throughout that entire st- uh, streak, obviously, and the offense, you know, has has had multiple games where they've they've essentially broken out and they've they've gotten um, just really good run production from the some of the the big guys that they needed to. So, 
I'm not going to go as far as you're saying where there's a padding because I I expect Toronto to probably hit you know eight to ten game winning streak at some point. Wouldn't be surprised if Tampa did the same thing. Um, I, I don't think Boston is as good this year. I think it's those three teams, but um, but yeah, it's it's they're proving that they can that they can do this, and the fact that they won't go into these hopefully long slumps with the the way that this team is made up, and and goddamn the pitching staff is just freaking good. They're nasty, top to bottom. They're nasty. Yeah. No, you're right that it does. It's a confidence boost for a team. I think we've seen the Red Sox have a similar confidence boost early in in seasons in recent years where. You're like, well, this team shouldn't be this good. Like, I think last year was a confidence boost for the Red Sox early in the season. They got off to a good start and it carried them through throughout the year. And I think I, I think that there's some truth to that. So so that's a good point by you. Last night's loss, though, even even the ninth inning, they they make it close. They they get guys on the 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 go ahead runs are on base at the at the last play of the game. And I, the Hicks at bat was just the killer in that ninth inning. He comes up with two on and looks at two strikes and then tries to hit a three run home run on a pitch up and in. It's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you, you, you could see the momentum here. I talked about this with Brian Kenny. It's these, it's these, these at bats that you can identify when your team is fighting and clawing. And it's like a non-competitive at bat that just kills momentum. And that is the st- the sort of stuff that that does anger me with guys like Hicks or guys like Gallo. Um, Logan looked up the numbers for for Hicks with men on base. He's four for twenty five. It's a one sixty average and a five seventy OPS. It's just I'm sorry, that's not good enough. And with runners in scoring position, he's two for fifteen with a five ninety seven OPS. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. He's been solid overall, and in the leadoff spot, he's gotten on base, done yada yada, done that job. But he's having terrible at bats and not producing at all with runners on base, and and that, that can be a killer in what could have been a rally comeback sweep last night. You know, that's the we talked about this. Uh, I don't know a couple episodes ago, and we were we were discussing Lemayhu and Hicks in the in the leadoff spot, and I was I was. I was circling in like a billion different words and I don't know if I made myself clear in the way that I was thinking, but you know, you, you take the two of them in the leadoff spot and I could, I could live with either one, but in that five spot to me, like, or, you know, a little deeper in the lineup, LeMahieu is a better option there because he's better with runners on scoring position. He gets the ball in play and those things. I think Hicks's approach when he's in those positions, when there's runners on, when he's in a, a, an opportunity with you know, guys to, to score. It's like his approach is different. You know, taking those two strikes, like you mentioned, in the leadoff spot, you're looking at that. You're like, okay, he's working the count. He's getting the pitches. He's doing the things he needs to do. Um, but in a run, run producing opportunity, you want him to attack more in the strike zone. You want him to, to you know, be uh, offense first mindset. And I just, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't have that. That's my eye test telling me that he doesn't have it. The 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 stats are, are backing that up with, with numbers, but super, super uh, small sample size, but just, that's the difference between the players, in my opinion, when you have um, an opportunity to score runs. Yeah, and it's tough to complain uh, at a loss when you still won the series and you're coming off a yeah. long winning streak. And they had an right? opportunity to sweep. That's what I'm saying. Like That's why it was kind of like a almost a really fun moment at the end. Like, oh shit, we're going to cap off this sweep with a comeback win. It didn't happen. So uh, I'm just saying it's tough to be mad at that individual yeah. loss. Oh, yeah. maybe, you're, maybe you're mad at some certain things that happened in the game. You know, Mad's the wrong word, Andrew. The uh, well peeved. Well, what's the word? What's the word, Scott? It, Annoyed. It's, you know, a, anger. It's a, a a momentary disappointment. 
No, I'm saying about the judge stuff, like the judge strike strike calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Been, no, you get mad about that. Yeah. He's been getting since he's been in the league where umpires just, I don't know, don't know that he's six seven. Like I, I at this point, he's he's been in the league for Umpires so don't like, know he's six seven. They're like, oh, well, I it's forgot. just for, like I'm gonna borrow the Boone quote that he was yelling at the umpire, make the adjustment. It's like yeah. he's six seven, make the adjustment. Yeah. Like this is a yeah. known thing now. This he's not a rookie anymore. This isn't 2017 where you haven't seen it. Make the adjustment. And it's like they're they don't. And ironically, the pitch that Boone gets tossed on was probably the most quality pitch that of the low pitches that got called strikes. But he's bitching about the 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 at bats previously in the night. It was and still it was still there. a low but the ball was still it was low a borderline pitch. pitch. I mean, but like yeah. credit to Cone and Kay on the broadcast. They were like, well, that that could have been a strike, but that's not the reason he's getting thrown out. Like we all know. And uh, Boone comes out, throws the gum immediately, and is just heating the veins bulging out of his neck. And I, you know, I another tip of the cap to Boone. He when he gets going, he does he does get fired he up. He gets going. Yeah. So it it almost maybe almost spurred the comeback. But yeah, he yelling, he's yelling, make the fucking adjustment. He's six fucking seven. Like you can clearly see it, uh, uh, what he's yelling at the umpires and the umpire was giving it back to him too. Like sometimes you see umpires just sort of sit back and let the guy get the, you know, blow some steam off this umpire. I don't, I don't even know. Well, he should have, he should have, he should have just, he should have just taken it because he was in the wrong. There were terrible calls. He should absolutely take it. Look, I like. We've been way too complimentary of Aaron Boone early in the season. I know which what's going is on. A great sign, I guess. You know, but at the same time, the he does pick those moments. Yeah. Let me let me back up. Last year we were bitching about him picking some moments because he was picking well, moments was, that were it was so stupid. It was so contrived. They were they were like they were they were weird moments. They were they were non non. Didn't he do it after at, a like, loss? At, like after the game was over one time, yeah, and, and like. he got ejected. Yeah. Was it in the, Oakland or something? Yeah. I don't remember the exact scenario, but yes, it was a it was a meaningless it was a meaningless ejection, a meaningless argument. This one is, and it's not the first time he's argued clearly about. We know savages in the box, the the whole the whole you know you know attack the strike zone. This was this the reason he was doing that was because the strike zone was was all over the place, and the umpires were not giving the guys an opportunity to attack the strike zone and to control control the strike zone was the was the quote that he used early days. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it, especially in a tight game like that. You're, you're, you know, you're, you got your team's back. You got your leaders back, Aaron Judge, um, on a call that that he needs to be getting at this point in his career. And the umpires are doing so. I like the spot. It was a, it was a, it was a good moment. The gum throw, you know, tip of the cap to that one. He's getting very good at that. He's getting. We should start getting some distances on those. I think. Um, but yeah, no, I like the spot for him. And just unfortunately, the momentum didn't carry into uh, a, a big hit for them to get what they needed in the night. Where do you rank gum throwing in the arsenal of things that managers can do as they're arguing? It's like you got the gum throw, you got the hat throw, which you don't really see as much anymore. Like Billy Martin made the turn the hat sideways famous so he could get closer to the ump. Um, uh, Bobby Cox, I think, took a bag one time. He just yanked the bag out of the ground, which which is an all-time move. Obviously, that minor league umpire... <laughs> Or excuse me, that minor league manager that threw the rosin bag like it was a grenade. That's the best ejection in a baseball game in history and will always be the best ejection in history. But where do you rank gum throwing? I got gum throwing pretty low on my list, to be honest. Yeah. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. So even, even when you watch the highlight of Boone getting ejected from like wherever they're clipping the highlights, they clip it right as he's coming out and it's just after the gum throw. Like When you watch the highlight, you don't actually see it. And 
you got to be really looking for that because it's a, it's like, it's like, I was talking about this yesterday with, uh, with someone at work. Um, we were, we were talking about hockey and we we're talking about the glowing puck. Like I need the glowing gum to actually see the trajectory of the gum. Otherwise <laughs> it's difficult to track. Um, Maybe you're just, I'm a, your I'm a big fan. Bad. I'm a big fan of doing something that, that makes the umpire do something else. So covering the plate, which makes with dirt, makes yeah. the, 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 you one. know, the, um, the little, the little man with the cap have to go down and brush it off. Like <laughs> things like that, moving a, a bag, throwing the bags an all timer. So I think those, you know, those little extra moves that you do to, to like get under their skin and make them take action to do something else. That's ridiculous. Like brush off a plate yeah. is, uh, is up there for me. I think the kick, the covering the plate with dirt is is so, so good petty. because it's so petty it's so <laughs> juvenile it's so good i love it and boone yeah. did that recently right or was that girardi that did it in in semi-recent years they've done it and he's got on and, and covered he's covered it with his hand too yeah yeah it's just yeah, like yeah. pile it nicely on like build a sandcastle yeah. on top right. of the on top of the plate yeah yeah so unfor again unfortunately they didn't but two two great wins in my mind um we'll start with monday Glaber Torres with the, you know, providing the entire offense, a couple of huge hits, both to right field, the homer to right field and the, the base knock to right field. And I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but I'm taking credit for turning Glaber Torres' season around. So on April 22nd, I was cleaning off my desk and I tweeted out a picture of a Glaber Torres bobblehead. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm at a crossroads, guys. I don't know what to do with this. Like, do I just throw it in the trash? Because at that point in the season, he was completely lost. And I had uh, uh, someone on Twitter uh, message me and said, give it to my son. And I was feeling generous. I was like, okay, DM me your address and I'll mail it to your son, son, AJ. And I sent it to Glaber Torres, uh, excuse me, I sent him the Glaber Torres bobblehead. And since April 22nd, Glaber Torres is 10 for 36 with a double, a triple, two homers, 10 RBIs, and an 817 OPS. So all Yankee fans out there, I think I deserve credit for turning his season around. Um, let me, okay. Uh, this is interesting. I did not know that you, uh, that you put that, I didn't see your tweet that you put it out and, there. And he sent me a picture of his son holding it and I, and I retweeted it. So. AJ, AJ is the new owner of the Glaber bobblehead. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. I'm giving credit to AJ. I'm going to be honest. I get some you, credit you, though. Uh, you you get some credit for understanding that you did not, you should not have that in your possession any longer. It yeah. was not, it was not doing any good there. You're you're looking at it, getting mad. It's bobbling. It's just he's just saying no to you the entire time. <laughs> it's bobbling in one way. And now AJ has it, who is a young a young kid, I assume, right? Full of hope. And mm -hmm. and you know Glaber's this this you know fresh voice in the Yankees in the Yankees clubhouse. He's a young guy. You know he's a kid. How many times he's twenty three years old? Right, forever. We've how many times did they say that on the broadcast? He's probably what is he twenty five now? He's thirty seven. He's thirty seven years old, and now AJ owns the bobblehead, and clearly AJ's the good luck charm. So um, well, yeah, I facilitated. I'm, I'm glad. At least. I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad you made the the adjustment. You made the adjustment, unlike the umpire with Aaron Boone, and you gave the bobblehead uh, to AJ, and and clearly it's working. So I I love it. I will give credit to someone else as well. It, D Horse clearly, Three was is the is the father. He he tweeted he tweeted at me. D Horse Three on okay. Twitter. Um. So AJ, I'm giving him about seventy five percent of the credit. You get maybe five percent of the credit for oh, acknowledging. On. So the other twenty percent 
goes to Cameron Maben for drilling in everybody's head, including Flavor Torres, middle of the field approach. <laughs> well, I had three bobbleheads, uh, a Glaber and two Aaron Judges. Now I just have two Aaron Judges. I've got this one, which was not a giveaway at a game. See, people have to go to the YouTube to see this. Look at this that is chin. Just, I know, right? This is this was given to me as a gift by a coworker in my old job. And then I've got the Aaron Judge Jedi oh, bobblehead one. giveaway from from May the 4th be with you. And I think the next game at Yankee Stadium is the Star Wars night. I think this one was given away in 2007 or 2018 or 2019. So uh, yeah, I'm without a Glaber Torres bobblehead. And when I told Leanne I was doing it, she's like, you could have given it to Harrison. I was like, he can't appreciate it yet. I'll have another bobblehead to give him. I'm glad I, I might have two Torres of them. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give one of them to Harrison. I have, I have, I have that one as well. I have the jet, the judge one. My my all time favorite one that I that I still have right now. I have the cone, uh, uh, perfect game on his knees bobblehead. Oh, the best good. one I have though is uh, Scranton Wilkesbury. There you go. Logan's show. Logan's the, got uh, the, the cone exact same David Cone bobblehead. The best one that I have is the Scranton Wilkesbury Greg Bird bobblehead, <laughs> where he's coming oh. out of an egg, and oh, yeah. it was so top heavy that it fell over at one point in my office, and the eggshell broke. Classic. On the actual thing. So it's perfect. <laughs> so I left it there with the broken eggshell, which is like the most perfect thing that could have happened uh, for that. And now he's back in screen. I just realized this. This is a collector's yeah. item. This is great. <laughs> yeah. You can see it'll go for dollars on the open market. Dollars. <laughs> Make an NFT. Uh, Stanton also had a fantastic leaping catch at the wall, robbing an extra yep. base hit. And um, it, you know, just further proves that he's good in the outfield and adding value to the team in the outfield. And I understand that health is still a concern with him, but getting him regular playing time in the outfield is absolutely working and absolutely something they should have been doing long, long before last August. The thing though, with this, this play, did you hear the John Sterling call of it? No, but John got me over the weekend when I was doing yard work, listening to the game, there was a ball hit to left field that was, gone but it wasn't gone he's he's been he's been doing it a lot this year he thought this one was gone and, and then he's just like calling the home run and then he's like whoa what's going on why why are they no why is no one moving and then susan just chimes in because stanton caught the ball and john john's just completely it. lost and i'm not even here to like make fun of john like it made me sad listening to it because He's too old to be calling games at this point. It used to it used to be endearing when yeah. he's doing it, and like it's 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 just it's not it's not good anymore. Like you no. can't see what's going on. Like at some point, we just got to be like, let's celebrate John for your career and the amazing things that you have done, and let's 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 end this on a great note, you know. Um, but that's probably we. I've said this for two years now. Like I thought two years ago was his swan song when he had those health issues. And he's come back. Credit to him for coming back, doing all these things. It's it's affecting the it's it's just becoming part of the shtick, though. That's that's it. But it's it's too much. It's like you miss you miss a foul yeah. ball now and then, like maybe once every two weeks. Okay, that's funny. Ha ha. Let's move on. You can't just miss home on, runs every series. On Sunday, I was listening to the game because I was doing yard work, and I, I had no idea what was happening at the time. Like, like legit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, now I know why you have to watch games while you're driving. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you got to listen to the broadcast there. Um, the other, the other thing from Monday night that I'd love to point out here because it was like I get so giddy when I saw it 
was the the base hit up the middle by IKF that he stretched into a double oh, yeah. because of the alignment of the outfield. Oh my gosh. That 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 shit makes me so happy. Makes me yeah. so happy. You have no idea. Um I did it make I, you I, happy I'm that he fell deeper down and because deeper and I think he would have gotten guy. thrown out at third if he doesn't fall down. Oh yeah, he would have it was it was definitely it was going to be a very close play. So, I'm glad he uh yeah, he put on the brakes and that made him fall. Yeah. But yeah. um no, he uh no, the guy but, man is all all go. All yeah. what, what is it? It's it's you know, all gas no break. Like that's him. That's him. Yeah. I love it. No, that that was a really fun play. Um you know, all any kind of that hustle double kind of crap. Like, yeah, I'm a sucker for it. Fans are suckers for on it. On a ground ball up the middle, yeah. even better. Like, yeah, your outfield alignment, do it again. Do it again and see what IKF does. And by the way, Brian Kenny was great on on the Monday episode. Um, listening to him get, gets me more excited about IKF. You know, I give credit to to Brian because, you know, he's a very analytical, dri- analytically driven, but he he's got an open mind to the game, which I appreciate because he does look at all aspects of it. And he's even come off, I think, some of the hard stances he's had about the analytics and how they, you know, determine what a player does by using the eye test, by using the, you know, the at-bats. Um, and Cut of jib on. index, as he called yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's actually not that far off from the from the stat that I was looking for. Like, give me a stat on on who has the worst at-bats. Um, in, well, in that's what we because, talked about with Gallo, right? That's why he didn't have Gallo ranked is because it's yeah. like you look at these at bats and you're like, what the hell did I just watch? And, and years ago he had them on there and yeah, they're just I'm like, like, again, we see the solo shot yesterday. It was the timing was great. It's just, you have no idea when it's going to, when it's going to pop up with him. Yeah. No idea. It's like, a, it's just like a random, it's like playing Plinko, you know, from, <laughs> if you remember the old Price is Right game, like you're dropping the thing down. You have no idea where it's going to land. There's no strategy. You're just swinging, and like occasionally you'll make contact, and and I hope that it's at an impactful p- point in the game when he does that. LeCastro also pinch ran and stole a base before the Glaver single to um, set up that play. LeCastro has like actually be, been a weapon for them. Yeah, as a fifth outfielder, good defense and pinch runner, good base runner, something that they haven't had uh, in recent years, and. Well, you say that, but like Tyler Wade was not this. Like Tyler Wade could have been, but he wasn't for whatever reason. He he was Lacastro definitely has a better first step, like the speeds there for both guys. But for I didn't realize Lacastro was as good of a base stealer as he yeah. is. That that's and like they know it's coming. The team, like. it's like he pinch runs, he's gonna steal. I actually he didn't yeah. steal last night, ironically, but Donaldson ends up getting. I think it was Donaldson up. Donaldson gets a base hit. But it's like a team, a good base stealer can steal a base even when they know you're going to steal. Yeah. You know, that that goes into what's going to happen potentially next year with this with this pitch clock. Because, you know, if you have a pitch clock like that and you have a base stealer on first base, how are you ever going to throw him out if there's, if there's uh, you know, if you, if this pitch clock is winding yeah, down it's and gonna you throw the ball. It's going to be weird. There's also talk it's gonna about get exploited. implementing a... Um, a a rule where you can only throw over to the bag so many times. Yeah. Um, It's just like, again, I'm all for trying to speed up games. I think Pitchcom has sped up Yankees games at the very least. Like they played another short, quick game last night. Maybe Pitchcom. Even Monday, Monday was efficient. Monday was rolling. It was going. It was, it was what was close to three hours. It was, uh, but three hours is fine though. Like it's the three hour, 30 minute games that you're like, all right, what are we doing here? The three hours is 
that's how long TV broadcasts are slotted for. That's how long it should be. Two hours, 50 minutes, three hours, five minutes. Like, that's fine. Pitchcom seems to have helped, though. So maybe Pitchcom is the answer we were all looking for. Well, we'll see. It's May. So give me give me a, a season of sample size so we can identify actually what's what's going on there. But yeah, I, I know that they're 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 clearly uh, having some success in the minor leagues, but I want to see f- a full year with that, too. And, and like, what are the ramifications for that as well? Like some like the base stealing aspect. What are the other ramifications of it? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Last thing I want to mention from the Monday game is Montgomery, who was pulled at 65 pitches. He's only gone over 71 pitches once in his five starts. It really seems like they wanted to avoid him going third time through the order. And the Blue Jays actually started to hit him a lot harder in his second time through the order. First time through the order, he was very good. But I don't know if it's just a product of, yeah, Blue Jays hitters are very good hitters. They've seen him a bunch in the, in the division, but he kind of struggled as the as it went through the road, as he went with, through the uh, lineup twice and then didn't even let him get the third time. Yeah, that's something to like. I mean, when when you when a pitcher has 65 pitches and and he's getting pulled with like, you know, limited damage you're definitely looking at why that's happening because at this point you know they should be stretched out a hell of a lot more ready to go you know you know damn close to 100 pitches or or, or likely at full strength so there's clearly something there in the analytics that they don't that they don't like loisica came in in the sixth and uh, there was some 
discussion on Twitter, people saying, and I even think Kay might have said this on the broadcast, oh, has Loizaga fallen in the bullpen pecking order? Uh, I mean, it's clear he's not been as good as other guys have been in the bullpen. Like, obviously, Michael King's been the best. Clay Holmes has been excellent. <clears throat> Chad Green got the save, which everyone was like, oh, crap, we're really doing Chad. This is what we're doing? Okay, hey, we're doing, we're doing credit, this. It was clean. It was a <laughs> it was clean, clean save. It was the most nerve-wracking clean save I've ever re- could remember. He did but it quickly, had, so I didn't even get the, I didn't even get like the, there was no anticipation of the nerves. Like to me, it, it was the, come into play because he did it quickly. For me, it was the inning break when I knew he was going to be the closer. I was like, okay, <laughs> we're doing this. Okay. So yeah. has lasagna fallen in the, uh, the bullpen order? Yeah, I mean, thus far this season, for sure. I mean, he's definitely struggled. There's no doubt about it. Um, I still think that when you look at him and the way that he throws, um, if he, you know, getting back to form, he's he's getting closer. I think, uh, you know, with the with the early season struggles, he's definitely getting closer to what he, it's all about. Him, for him, it, the biggest thing is is throwing the ball over the plate. Um, if he's able to locate, like, you know, he's he's one of the uh, you know one of the most dominant guys out there as far as stuff goes. So um, I'm not worried about him at all. But yeah, you you have other guys that are doing well. Holmes has been so solid since he's been here. Um, and and then King, they, they have different roles though. Like I, I think that what you're going to see is um, Loisaga is going to get slotted back into that, that, you know, eighth inning. But he's got, look, Boone's got trust with Chad Green. We've seen that. Even last year after he gave up 97 home runs in the eighth inning or when he got forced into the closing position, um, you know, the amount of losses he had on his record were indicative to the games that he blew at the end, at the end with, with home runs. Um, but, Clearly, that confidence is is back and and it hasn't wavered. Uh, to Boone's credit, he's, he's he's you know backed his guy there, and and hopefully that that makes um, an impact as the season goes on. But I think Loisaga and Chad Green are probably those two guys that are like it will be interchangeable um, late in the game. And then <clears throat> Tuesday, when the Yankees were able to tack on the runs after Manoa comes out of the game, uh, there was that weird play with the uh, Marwin Gonzalez in the rundown and Vlad, who he did tag him on the replay. It did show him he, he yeah. tagged him, but the the Jays didn't have any more challenges, as Logan's pointed out, because Vlad Guerrero, every time there's a, a bang, bang play at first base, he's yelling at the dugout to challenge the play. And they did that earlier in the game and, and didn't win it. So they lost their challenge. That that certainly helped the Yankees, obviously, but the Yankees had already scored a bunch of runs to take a, a decent lead at that point. So I don't think it decided the game by any means, despite what Blue Jays Twitter will tell you. Uh, the real fun the, moment in this game, though, was Judge's home run because yeah. the the kid gets the ball from the Blue Jays fan and yep. just gives him a big bear hug. It was just a really sweet moment, and he got to meet Judge the next day. Yeah, it was a good baseball moment for sure. You have that. I mean, Canadian... Canadians are so nice. They're such, they're such nice people. We should all take a, we should all, you know, look at, look at how they act sometimes and just, and they're polite and just nice. And that was a great moment. You know, the, the kid will obviously never forget that meeting judge is awesome. Uh, I saw the, a, a lot of the beat reporters were, were, were telling judge post game about the clip. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, judge was seemed anxious to go back and look at it. And I'm glad they facilitated the, uh, the meet. That's a, it's just a cool moment. And you know, that's the type of stuff that's like ambassador for the game, man, growing it up with the with the with the young kids, judge taking that extra little step or whoever facilitated that, whether it was the Yankees or the Blue Jays or whomever. Um, but I like it. It's a class act. The guy the guy deserves to be a Yankee for the rest of his career. It's like, you know, it's like he's made for this or something. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, we're gonna do a, a new segment that we're we're bringing in. I don't know what this segment is gonna be called. Like uh, we'll have to think of a name. We're gonna review 
the five best games of the month and we're going to pick a winner. And then that winner is going to go on to move to the next round, which will have five new games from the month and see if it will uh, dethrone the winner from the previous month. Now, since it's May 5th, we're going to go from opening day through May 5th, which actually works out. It's about a month of baseball. So the first game, in my mind, was the first game of the season, opening day. DJ ties the game late. He shows emotion, which is rare for DJ LeMahieu. And then you get the Glaber Torres sack fly tying it, extra innings, Donaldson's walk-off single. Maybe this is known as the Billy Crystal game, but I think opening day was a was a fantastic game. Uh, yeah, I, I would say also, though, about that game is that you're, you're looking at it and you're looking for Cole to step out and and be the guy and be the, the person that you want, and, and he wasn't. So, yeah. You know, with 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 the, the whole Billy Crystal thing, they're actually like sewed in some narratives that I didn't appreciate for that for that game as well, and the way that the okay. Yankees handled all of the pregame before it too, with the judge announcement that there was no extension, like it was just a oh yeah, opening day was a cluster, too. but at least right. they so won in extra innings. My my emotions around that day are are like pointing to me like that game was 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 memorable for yes they won, but at the same time it was like. It was an emotional roller coaster sure. uh, on that on that game. Uh, the next one is April fourteenth, three nothing win over Toronto. This is when Michael King had to bail out Chapman, who loaded the bases in the ninth inning. And I don't know, maybe this was the moment everyone was like, "Oh, Michael King, something's going on here." But this was a huge win because they ended up splitting that series with Toronto. But it very easily could have been a series loss if this goes the other way. Yeah, this is essentially the Michael King coming out party for for showing, you know, the the Swiss Army knife. Well, hey, Michael King got the win on opening day. Let's not forget. Okay, but this was the true. I mean, when you yeah. when you come in uh, with the bases loaded like he did after Chapman struggled, and you shut down that that inning, like that's a that's a sack up moment. <laughs> that that is that is a moment where you put it all put it all out there and um and you you know you show who you are and he's. He hasn't let up since then either. So, I mean, all year he he's hasn't gotten let better. Up. So, that's <laughs> every a, time that's, out, he that's gets a, better. But that's a pivotal moment for yeah. for us looking at him. Not that that matters as a, as a fan base, but we're looking at him a little different. You know, we're seeing the the stuff that he has this year, and it's and it's highlighted because of him getting out of there and saving Chapman's ass um, on that particular game. Plus, it's a division game against Toronto, like right. you know, so it's 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 escalated um, or heightened with importance. April 23rd, 5-4 comeback win over Cleveland. Probably know this as the Miles Straw game. It's not a great game because of what the Yankees fans in the outfield did after the game. It's just a great game because it was a comeback. It was it was the second of the winning streak, right? Because they won on Friday night, but they have a big comeback win against Cleveland and then, and then just took off from there. So uh, I think this was a great game. Yeah, the the fact that they um that they came back. They won the game. Uh, it was the IKF at bat was was just nails. Uh, that was another like moment in his in his um, building of the legend of IKF. And <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a great game. And and that's one of the ones that you know you're starting to see the moxie of this team, the grit of this team um, that was on full display. And unfortunately, some jackass fans had to uh, take the moment and throw yeah. some shit on the field. But but the Yankees that. followed it, followed it up the next day with a ten to two win. The offense, yep. it was their coming out party, and Cole finally had a good outing. So this is like, okay, Saturday, they make the comeback. Let's see what you do on Sunday, because the 2021 team loses Sunday 2 to nothing. okay? 
the 2022 team bashes the brains in of the Guardians. So let's go to the next game, too, so that we can talk about all of them because I have some thoughts. The last on, on one is from this week, win at Toronto. It was uh, the it was the the Manoa game that they got to they finally got to Manoa who was great, but then the offense just piled it on late. Another like you might say, oh, why are you adding a nine to one game to this list? That game showed me something. It wasn't even that they added on late too. I mean, it was a what was a six run it was a six run inning too, right? They piled on inside that inside that inning and and got to um, got to the bullpen, got Manoa out of the game, got to the bullpen. Yes, there was a. There was a play in the mix in, in the middle of there where an umpire, you know, gave us a favorable decision, but they were they were still getting to um, the the Toronto pitchers and the, and Toronto didn't didn't score another run, so like in, in, theoretically that game was over. But I wanted to move forward because to me, and I know we're gonna you're gonna give your thoughts on which one you think is the best, uh, the most important game, um, and I think we're gonna differ in opinion here. To me, when I'm looking back at that Cleveland series, that Cleveland series was like a pivotal series for the month, right? That was a moment where. They were coming in. We knew that Cole was throwing on Sunday. So everybody's like, Yankee fans are looking at that game. Like, you better show up on that game. No matter what happens in the series, like, you have to show up on that in that game. And the, the Yankees were taking care of business up to that point with, with teams that they needed to they, uh, just beat in Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland's coming in with a pretty good offense. They were playing well going into that game. They shut down Jose Ramirez. Um, so, so that first game uh, or the, the middle game that we had um, highlighted in here, it was important. But to me, that Sunday game with Cole coming in and shoving for six plus innings was such an important moment for, for this team so far, because not only did he come in and just back up what, what he, you know, who he is and, and what he can do, but the team also had his back. And like you said, they piled on, like that was not, that was not a game where, where they, um, you know, they squeaked out a victory. Like they, they, the offense came and unlike last year, they just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and piled runs on. So to me, that Sunday game That's um, your pick. To, to, to finish off the sweep of Cleveland and to move into the next one was a was like that reinforcement of the turning point that, you know, they're in the middle of the streak and uh, this team is real. And, and the fact that Cole, our number one guy, you know, came out and said, yes, this is me. This is who I am, like is so important for the confidence of this team, too. So that's your pick, the Sunday that's game? That's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you that that did prove that the turning point maybe is legit and was like maybe a jumping off point. Like I, I totally acknowledge that. But if I'm just looking at individual games, like coming back in the ninth inning, it, it, the way they did with two outs, like that that's a that's a better game. That's a more exciting final result than a than a a, a drubbing of of the Guardians for sure. Two, even if a lot of good things did happen, my mind it's the five four comeback win over Cleveland as the best game. So we have a difference of opinion. So to decide it, we go to Logan and he picks which game is moving on to the next round. I do agree. I do agree with all the sentiments about the series and as a whole, because it's 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 true. I mean, like, you know, obviously we that series was so important to this win streak. But I haven't gotten as excited as I did watching that 5-4 win over Cleveland in a yeah. Yankee game in just a long time. You know, watching sure. that, I mean, IKF hits that ball over, you know, the left fielder's head, and you're just, like, praying it doesn't get caught. And then, yep. you know, Glaber comes up. He needed that for his confidence. That probably is actually what propelled Glaber yep. to, you know, <laughs> to be really yeah. good. So, um, you know, I, I think it's that game. Also, if uh, if... If we're talking about this maybe in September and we're looking back, we're not thinking about that Sunday game. We're thinking about the comeback game. 
we're, we're thinking about the series, I think. So okay, I, I, I feel like we're all talking the same the same language here because that Saturday game was awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. My boy is the one who hit the double to tie the game. Like, I was going nuts um, for for IKF drilling that ball. Uh, it's it's like, it's if that series was pivotal, because and the other thing about that series is they they were back home at that point. So Cole, not only was that that game, Cole needed to to come out there and throw like the ace that he, that he needs to be, but he was at home again too. Because could you imagine that you could you could flip the switch here and say which game was was the worst game, and if Cole didn't have a good uh, yeah. a good start in that game after that win on Saturday, you could you could make a very very solid argument that that would have been a a, a, a like a, a devast- devastating is the wrong word here, but like a, a terrible blow early in the season for with sure. the type of momentum that they had at home. So I agree. Like I mean, that was the most exciting game for sure. Um, it's just like to me, there was like a reinforcement of like who this team is on Sunday as well, backing up that Saturday game. Well, the comeback win is moving on to the next round. I'm excited for this for this uh, little segment we're doing throughout the month. So at the end of May, we'll we'll do we'll review another five games, uh, or maybe it's June 5th we'll do it or whatever. We'll we'll whatever episode falls close to that. But let us know on social tweet at Yankees Podcast what you think was the best game for the from the first month. Logan's been doing a lot of the the management of that that Twitter account, so I'm sure he'll be retweeting and commenting on all the all the stuff that you guys say. Any any other items you want to mention, Scott? Before we wrap it up, just another uh, another uh, you know anybody who's who's uh, who's looking at a loss at the end of that is is a as a as a like a, a large negative as a lunatic. Um, this is this this team is is playing so well. They even had opportunities to win that game and and sweep the series against Toronto, which I don't think any of us really going into that series thought was going to happen, especially after the success. Um, but yeah, this team's just playing really well. I, I love how they're gelling. Uh, there's been quotes from Joey Gallo, who you know I'll never like his his profile as a player. I guess Joey lobbied Gallo his way person. back into the lineup, so we like that, right? Guy Joey trying Gallo to get back from a, injury as a person, as a teammate. Like, there's a lot of things to like about him um, in, in that spot. I I just don't like his offensive profile as a player, uh, and that's why I'm hard on him. But but he's been he was making comments uh, to the media about the clubhouse. This is like the the most. Uh, the most fun clubhouse he's ever been, like the best, the best energy in the clubhouse. Like so, clearly the the juju is going very well inside inside that dugout and inside the clubhouse with the guys. And to me, that's such an early positive sign on how this team can can be because they have all the talent in the world. Um, and you know, if they can keep these uh, you know these good vibes up and the, and the and the good positive energy that they have, you know, this team has has a huge, 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 uh, very high ceiling uh, for for what they can do this year. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again on Monday after the Texas series. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. 
But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.